Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. It's Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara, and that horror magician extraordinaire, Chuck Caputo. Gentlemen, hey. welcome once again. All right, thank you. All right, so we, we've had thank some you, uh, inter- interesting things going on today, but first we're going to start off with Chuck and see what's new with him, what's going on in his world. So what's up, Chuck? All right, how's everybody going? Uh, doing pretty good, pretty good job. I've been doing a lot of shows, you know, uh, a couple shows have canceled because of the new uh, Omicron variant, but overall keeping pretty busy for the month of January. I've been uh, building some things in my spare time and um, catching up on some old movies. And uh, the one thing I've been watching a lot is uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I always liked that uh, TV program. Uh, you know what? I kind of like the original one with Robert Stack. Oh, and yeah, then, absolutely. And, and then I know about maybe 12, 14 years ago, they made one with uh, uh, Dennis Farina hosted it. And I think even Netflix came out with a version maybe like about a, a year or two ago. But I kind of like the original ones. Man, there's a million seasons of them, and I, it brings back memories. It's a really – it's a fantastic uh, series. Oh, absolutely. I remember watching that sitting around my – at my grandmother's house in front of her, you know, giant 19-inch Xena, <laughs> you know, with the wooden box frame and, <laughs> you know, hoping that the antenna would come in so we could we could get the uh, – but man yeah those were great with robert stack those were definitely the best yeah Yeah, you know what and he covers a bunch of you know subjects it's not just things that are unsolved i mean it deals with sometimes uh ufo phenomenon uh bigfoot they just i I watched the one on uh, kecksburg which is not far from where i am that's near greensburg pennsylvania as a matter of fact i actually went out there about three summers ago they have an annual festival out there and the actual spaceship that they have built it like you know supposedly landed there looks like a big acorn it was built by unsolved mysteries they actually constructed it out of fiberglass back when they did the uh back when they did the special and they asked the people well you know what uh, would you like to have this and so they said yeah so now it's out there under annual uh the annual festival out there it's actually probably about nine feet tall it looks like an acorn type of thing and it's uh, pretty cool so you can stand next to it and, and get your picture taken and everything well, that's pretty cool yeah all right sounds good eddie what's new with you i know you've had a uh crazy well, well, day before, be, before yeah it's been a crazy day but you know what it is guys somebody told me something way back which is very very good to hear and that is two things one they said be careful if you're ever friends with dave harvest had the magician yeah. chuck caputo but worst of all david copperfield they said if yeah. you ever befriend him he's good at making things disappear so yeah. i tried today and i took my wife took my brand new 2022 honda cord to the uh, uh, Burlington, parked it right in the front of the store, around the corner, actually. And David Copperfield made the darn thing disappear. Yeah. In less than an hour, it was gone, man. Oh, my goodness. Completely gone. Now, why am I excited about this? Because, you know, I'm a man that likes old films and old stuff. And I got a friend who just decided to sell me a van for 500 bucks. And you know what? Since I like retro stuff, I'm going to get the van. So I downgraded to a premium thing, which is a van that now, like Jim, my friend says, Jim and Charlie are telling me, we got to paint the mutant in there. The mutant with the professional short, uh, not pamming legs, 
the professional business attire, the pants, you know, from the day the, the this planet Earth. Yeah, okay. oh yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna put the mutant on it with pants. So anybody nice. that sees out there will remember the guy <laughs> with the mutant who drives around with the mutant that's wearing pants. Now, <laughs> now the thing is that the car, which is kind of funny, would I be mad? Yeah, but you know what? Let's put it this way. It disappeared. It was a magic trick. And the best part is that, you know, the guy couldn't get it back for me. So um, that's the story for me today. Talking about a crazy day, huh? Oh, yeah, that's a shame. Oh, yeah, man. hopefully it, it reappears, man. That, yeah, uh, not really. I, now that they took it, I, I'm hoping it don't. Because <laughs> if they, they reappear, they're gonna make me keep that junk. And they, by now, it's probably by, back in the old days in the in New York City when I used to live in Manhattan. And you got up in the morning, two things were gone: your battery, yeah. or you had your car on four four bricks. You know, Cinder yeah. Block. yeah. <laughs> that's and yeah, that that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's probably in a chop shop or something. Who knows? Oh, you, man. It probably is. But you know what I find it funny, though, that of all the neighborhoods, you know, in New Jersey, I I work in one that's pretty, you know, so-so, you know, and it's known to be the neighborhood I work I work in has been known to have the most stolen vehicles in the state of New Jersey. Oh, wow. And that car is parked there day after day for the last month and no one's bothered with it. When it goes to a nice clean cut place, a nice area. The car disappears, and it was one of David Blaine's best magic tricks. Oh man! <laughs> it, it, it happened within an hour, man. But anyway, that's, that's crazy. Says, hey, well, hey, before we get into our, our discussion today, I just want to give a uh, a quick shout out to a few of uh, the friends of the House of the Unusual. Man, I was looking over at uh, the Sea Monkeys website, and I, I kind of stumbled on something i think i'm gonna to need to order i don't know if you guys have seen it yet but they have the 2022 sea monkeys calendar up and each month it features some some different artwork and uh it, it, it's really cool the way it's it's put together i'm wondering if our buddy todd machin you know had a hand in in designing some of it because it's it's really really cool on on how they did it um you know joe before you keep on, I'm just going to say something to add to that uh, commercial there you got. Is Mr. Todd Match Machin didn't only just make that calendar, which he designed. He also helped design a whole new uh, x-ray glasses. And since the invention of the x-ray glasses, the cardboard for it have never been redesigned. He did a job that, boy, left me crying in envy of how bad I wanted those uh, glasses now. But I just want to let you know that he also designed everything for the Sea Monkeys right now is designed by him. The calendar, the new mug, and they also did a brand new uh, Sea Monkey thing for you, the UK. All designed by him and can be found in, on the website, House of the Unusual, Gullible's Babble. That part of the website could be found and you can see pictures of the new creation from none other than the King Monkey himself. I mean, the King of Sea Monkeys. Not the king monkey, although he is a sea monkey king, uh, Mr. Todd Betchen. Yeah, it's definitely some great artwork, man. They also have a really cool sea monkeys puzzle with, with the artwork is fantastic. So if anybody out there is interested and wants to upgrade or, or start their, their sea monkey adventures, head over to sea-monkeys.com and that's where you'll find all your underwater needs, man. It is a great site with some fantastic items on there. Uh, also... 
Scary Monsters number 124 is still shipping. And if you go on MyMovieMonsters.com, you have a chance to get both covers on there. So you could get The Thing uh, from 1951 and The Thing from 1982 cover. And they're both by Scott Jackson and look absolutely fantastic. He always does a bang-up job. And you could also get both books bagged and boarded, too, for I believe it's a dollar extra. So great price. So definitely head over there and check them out. Support the friends of our podcast in the House of the Unusual because that's what we're all about. Also, real quick, too, just want to let everyone know that you could find our flagship website over at houseoftheunusual.com. We have a, uh, a sweet forum site up there, man. There's always some great uh, posts going up there of people's collections, stuff they're looking for and finds and all that. And also head over to YouTube. Uh, just type in House of the Unusual. You'll see us up there. Subscribe to our channel. Like our videos. I think the last one up there was a Chuck's Corner Movie Magic uh, special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck's always got some great videos up there. And there's plenty of stuff for everyone on there. So check out the website. Subscribe. Uh, and do all that great stuff that you do on, on YouTube. We're at 813 subscribers right now. And we, we want to hit over 1,000. So... Let's do a big push, man. Let your friends out there know about House of the Unusual on YouTube and have them subscribe as well and help us to get up over a thousand so we could start doing a little bit more on there and bring you guys some some more House of the Unusual goodness. So that's all we got for our our, um, our little plugs today. So uh, what do you guys want to talk about today? We kind of discussed well, before and we i said hey let's leave it open and just wing it a little let bit, me so. let, let me just bring in also our friends from stupid comics um this gentleman is keeps running ads for us in his uh comic book that's uh s-t-o-o-p-i-d correct joe yes com. yes and uh it's very important and also dave harvard with 1878 press he's actually published a new book uh, I think it's concerning carnivals and circus. Ooh, that it, sounds it, good. Yeah, it actually is a pretty good book. I, I saw on it the other day that I think he was be he was going to be publishing it soon. And guys, get ready for this, Mister Chuck Computer, the legendary magician, known worldwide, even in the other part of the world. <laughs> okay, he's putting together, and he's done already ten courses. It's going to be a thirty course magic class that will teach you horror magic, not just regular magic, but scary magic, not being taught by anyone. And each individual lesson is half an hour long and will be available through Udemy. Now, Udemy is the site where you can take classes and courses online. It's going to be available there. As soon as Chuck is finished with the course, it's going to be uploaded. Um, so keep an eye for that, whoever's listening. And also, hey, uh, real, uh, real quick too, I just seen on uh, on Stupid that he posted that they're going to be having another issue coming out very soon. So um, definitely excited about that. So make sure you guys, uh, you know, keep checking on that and let everyone know when that new issue comes up. Now, when you're talking about the thing from another world, you have an article in there, Joe, correctly? Yeah, for um that one twenty four issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In that article, just uh, that thing from the other world. Do you know if that might have been the one that abducted my car? It, it could have been, man. <laughs> it might have been a thing for maybe you. You know, there were some some aliens up in space, and they said, "Oh, there's a model kit in that trunk," but 
We can't oh, pull it out, so let's just take the whole car, that, we'll take the model it. kit out, and then return the car. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 hey, they beamed it up. They shot they, a beam down and made it level. And it's gone, man. But I, I got to <laughs> tell you something, too. This is a funny story, and, and this is now mail order. Now, we're going back in the days when mail order, you know, they offered uh, a lot of scams, which are still going today. But the best ones back in the day were like, you know, let's say you order a uh, genuine clothesline dryer powered by the sun. I mean, close dryer, not clothesline. And then the person would send 1098 and they get a clothesline, you know, like one of those ropes. But it's powered by the sun, uses no electricity, you know. <laughs> or if not, the very famous one, I forgot what year it happened in, uh, you get a genuine Franklin minted Abraham Lincoln portrait. And then the person would buy it, and they would get a one cent stamp. Oh, and you know those are classic. But I, I gotta tell you guys about one that just recently happened to me, and I, I, I got kind of mad when it happened. But I thought, you know, like you know what? When you looked at things on eBay, eBay, anytime they're showing things, uh, you know, people, and this is just common sense with everybody. They look at the photograph and they figure that's what I'm getting. And they don't read the, the description, especially if you're using an iPhone or you're using any type of Android phone, whatever. When the description comes in, you got to scroll down and sometimes you can't even find it. And you have to hit a link for the description of the product. So you're going with what it says in the instructions. Now, anytime you buy something like a television, it'll say JVC or whatever TV, Hisense or Vizio plus instructions, right? It'll say on the line and top a lot of times. Well, somebody took a, a, an item that sold in, in Disneyland and Walt Disney World in Florida, and it's called the Haunted Mansion Secret Chest. It's a little jewelry box that has an opening where you can actually pull it out on the side and whatever. So about a year ago when I went down there, they were still selling them, I believe, in, in the shop that's by the Haunted Mansion. And they were like, I think it was either $29.95 or $19.95. I think there was a mispriced in one, so they gave them to me for $19.95, and I bought two. I look at eBay, and here's a guy who's selling the thing. But what he does is he makes a photocopy of the instructions. Now, the photocopy itself is about 5 by 7 five inch, but it's on a regular 8.5 by 11 sheet of standard letter paper, letter size. And he puts the sheet on the ground, and then he puts on top of the sheet the, the case, the, the Disney uh, secret box. And then he puts eBay copy, copy across, like, the bottom instructions. So when I see this, it says on the, on the thing on top, uh, Walt Disney secret chest with secret compartment uh, instructions. But, you know, the way they abbreviate it kind of looked like it said, you're getting the, the box with the instructions and it's $5.95 free shipping. So I'm like, wow, what a bargain, you know? So what do I do? I buy two. And then I said, you know what? At that price, it's nice because I like the item and I paid 20 whatever. So I go ahead and I purchase. Lo and behold, a week later, I opened the envelope. Oh, and what this guy sold me for six bucks was a photocopy of the instructions. Which was five by seven on the thing, so he sends me two photographs, and then I get another one with five more. Now this guy just charged me fifty bucks for oh. seven pieces of paper. Oh. 
oh. with a miniature instruction, which is not even a good photocopy because it. Well, to make a long story short, you ever seen that Bugs Bunny picture when they do something and and they their face turns into a lollipop and <laughs> that's exactly what I did, my friend. So uh, it gave a new name to mail fraud, in my opinion. Wow. And, and I wrote the guy, and the guy says to me, hey, it's written in the descriptions and instruction. But I was like, dude, you know that if you're selling instructions for something like that, like when I do something, I'll put the, the item on the side and then put the instructions leaning on the item, and I'll put instruction sheet for rare, haunted, whatever. Right. But if you put instructions at the end of the sentence, you're kind of using the old technique of you're tricking the person into thinking they're getting something different. Absolutely. And whammo, he got me. So wow. uh, anyway, I put in a claim. And of course, you know, eBay, I sent it back to him today. But I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, wow. I can't wow. believe I fell for that. Well, I tell you what, Eddie. Is that if you send me ten ninety nine, <laughs> I will tell you how to save tens of thousands of dollars a year, and you could still get from point A to B without having a car, a plane, a bus. Save money on gas, electric, and all those car bills and car payments. You won't need none of that. And then I'll send you a little envelope with a picture of a guy walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, you know, you know what? All this stuff reminds me of P.T. Barnum. <laughs> You know what? I've yeah. always been a big fan of P.T. Barnum, and, and I read his book, uh, uh, Struggles and Triumphs. And I tell you what, he gives a lot of ideas that he used to pull like that. He'd give out little novelties. One thing he had a stamp little envelope, little coin envelope. It would say "World's Smallest Wind Instrument." Okay, and then when you tear it open, you dump it out. There was a little lima bean. It was a dry lima bean in there. You know, oh, wind that, instrument. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a classic. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, but he was he was the king of that stuff, man. At his oh, American, you know what? At his American Museum up in uh, New York City, you know, he he was tired of people that were that would bring picnic baskets and they would hang out there all day. <laughs> yeah, so he actually had a sign painter paint on the door, you know, to the egress. And so what people thought was that was an exhibit. Of, of course, that means exit. And so so when people would go out the door, it was spring loaded. It would slam shut, and they would be outside in the in the parking lot. Yeah, that's I mean, a new he, way of throwing people out of your house, right? Yeah, I mean, he was something, man. But that's exactly what this stuff reminds me of—an old P.T. Barnum gag. Well, you know, P.T. Barnum, I think his best one was when he took a, a skull of a monkey and the body of a fish, and he shoved it one inside the other. Right. And they sold it as the Fiji uh, mermaid. Mermaid, Fiji yeah. mermaid. Yep. Oh, uh, he came up with a million of them, man. How about the Cardiff giant? It was a big cement uh, outline of a giant that they supposedly dug up, and it was just—it was just cement. It was, it was just cement. He was something. He said, "A sucker is born every minute." That's exactly what his philosophy was. Yeah, ain't that true? <laughs> yeah, well, well, the the thing overall is, you see, when you see anything like that, especially in a situation like um, what they did to me in eBay this week, which you know, when I look at it, the whole thing, you got a car stolen, but you know, I go, "God, Jesus, please." Help me here and, and make sure that all the things happen. But the thing I can tell you is I've had some good news in my personal life. So, that's uh, right. you know, I'm blessed that way. So I'm glad, you know, whatever. I, I don't. That's right. Hey, the bottom I line, no a, car, a car is a car is only a car, Eddie. Thank God you you have that's your it. health. You have and, your health. Your family has their health. I mean, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. And, and even what the health is, you know, that at least you have a good plan and how to take care of it. But you know what? The best thing is, this is the way I look at it. 
well, I have a less payment to do now. <laughs> uh, so in a sense, it's, it's, got, it's good in that way. But what I was going to say to you guys, though, is, uh, and this is very interesting, too. Uh, you know, when we look at, at things like P.T. Barnum and stuff and, and all the stuff that follow after, because you know how many people copied him? How many people have gone out there, made fortunes of, oh, yeah. you know, crazy things like that? And um, one of, uh, and I think, Joe, you might be familiar. You ever walk, Joe, uh, through the streets, I guess, of, of up where you're at in uh, Ohio, whatever? Uh, you ever gone to, like, um, those big places like Atlantic City, places where you always have those people playing the cards? Oh, the three cards. You in. Three cards. Like Three-card yeah. Monty, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, my gosh. The people, they always, like, I have 10 bucks here, and the guy has, like, all this money, and he swings the cards around and stuff. Oh, that's a sucker's game, man, and they got oh. a shield. You know, they always have somebody working for them, too. You know I mean? That's a that's a sucker's game, man. You're never going to win. You're never going to win. They're... That's almost like, what is it, the the three-cup with the, the ball? Yeah, well, there's a, uh, well, yeah, there's a shell game too, where you got the three walnut shells with the little P under it. You know, it's all it's all sleight of hand, man. You, you know what? It's how you how you use it. I mean, you know, people I've seen do it so well on the three card Monty, they could actually bend one of the one of the uh, you know the, uh, the, the actual corner of the card. So you swear that's the card you're following, but in the process of tossing it, the third finger bends that fold down, while the other finger on the other hand bends another one up. So it's just all sleight of hand. You're never going to win, man. Even if you even if you pick the right card, there's a move called the Mexican turnover, where you use another card to flip that card over and you switch them right in front of their those face. darn Mexicans. Yeah, so yeah, you know, so you're never you, you know you're never going to win, man. Worst comes to worst, they pick up their little cardboard cardboard table, put it under their arm, and they run like hell. You know, if they do get busted or if they get intimidated, then they run. You know, uh, in New York, they were that was very famous, especially where I used to live in Manhattan. Everywhere you went, 42nd Street, which is, you know, Port Authority, not the Port Authority, uh, Times Square. Yeah. You always saw those guys. But I, I got a kick out of uh, the other day I was watching. If you, if you guys know, everybody, I'm sure, gets Pluto TV. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. You know, that's our favorite where we can watch classics like The Addams Family. Yeah. And Joe, Joe gets to watch all his classics from the 1940s. Oh, I, I, I tell you what, I—that's probably out of all the streamings that I have—is I, I watch Pluto more than anything because there's always, yeah, you know, something on there that I, I mean, it's it's great. Pluto is great. It is, and if you guys look up in Pluto TV, the Abbott and Costello comedy Colgate Comedy Hour. Oh yeah, I just watched that. that the, I just watched one of those the other day. That was okay. On. There is one that actually Mr. Fields and 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 Costello. Are trying to raise money for I think the girl the um, I forgot the girl's name the pretty girl, in the show, and um, and Abbott is doing that uh, cup and ball thing and he's got a, a basket under the table and he's sticking <laughs> this big big lemons there and he's going around and around and it's so funny because one of those things uh, Costello notices the lemons he puts them all in his pockets <laughs> and then he puts like a giant ball and Abbott. <laughs> I, I had a kick out of that. He goes, uh, he goes to Costello. Hey, Costello, you got two tens for a five? And Costello, <laughs> and Costello goes, yeah, sure. And then he goes, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just, that's not right, Abbott. And he goes, okay, give me back my two tens. Now, here's your five again. What's the problem? <laughs> that's hilarious. So he basically takes 40 bucks from Costello. And then Costello goes, oh, that's how it works, you know? Because first he goes, let me have two tens for a five. 
Costello gives him the two tens, and then Costello complains, and Abbott goes, okay, give me back my two tens, and here's your five back, right? So now he's gone back and forth, and uh, I didn't lose you, Joe, did I? No. Oh. I'm here, I'm listening. <laughs> no, that's, that's a funny stuff, man. So then the funny thing about it was that he tries to do it to Mr. Fields, and he goes, okay, Mr. Fields, give me two tens for a five. <laughs> and, oh, no, he goes to Mr. Fields, I'll give you a five for uh, two tens for a five. And then he gives Mr. Field two more tens, and Field goes, yeah, sure, gives him back the five. He's like, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, that was a, I tell you, that was some good comedy. I always loved the uh, Abbott Costello. I always liked the Three Stooges. Probably one of my favorites is the Marx Brothers. I always liked uh, Harpo, man, the way he put his leg up on you when he, you'd be holding his leg, and it was just, his expressions. Harpo was hilarious. Oh, and he did up. it all with the horn, remember, baby? Yeah, oh, he was hilarious. Oh, goodness. Wow. I, I tell you what, one of my favorite Abner and Costello ones was uh remember the payphone gag, Alexander four 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 four. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, oh, you mean Alexander sixteen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alexander four 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 four, still busy. <laughs> and she goes, Oh, Alexander sixteen, and he's like, Oh, <laughs> that was some funny stuff. Oh my god. That, that, yeah, that, the, and then at the end I like the way uh he takes a water bottle and shoots the phone, and the other yeah, yeah. person gets wet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, but um, if you haven't, I don't know, Joe, have you ever seen all of the episodes? No, I've only caught a few. I Actually, the only ones I've really ever seen, if they've come on um, if they've come on Pluto, and usually I catch them in the morning after work. If I'm, you know, when I'm laying in bed, I'll, I'll throw it on and, you know, fall asleep and all that. But I, I've never really watched too much of the shows. Well, here's the way. In Pluto, though, if you have, a, I don't know if you have a Fire TV or something like that from Amazon. Do you have Fire TV? Yeah, the Fire Stick. Yeah, I know you could. You could. I think they have them on demand on there, so you could pull any of them up, correct? No, well, no. I was gonna say on Pluto TV, it's on demand. So actually, yeah. if you put on Pluto TV, Abbott and Costello Colgate Comedy Hour, or whatever, it tells you, and then you're able to pick which episode you want from the two seasons. Nice. Um, so you can actually watch because there's some of those that are so funny. There's one like, for example, I think Abbott uh, Costello owed uh, Mr. Fields uh, seven weeks rent or seven months rent. And I think the rent was supposed to be uh, $21 a, a month. And somehow he's, uh, he gives Mr. Fields like 40, 50 bucks. I forgot how the, the thing goes. And Mr. Fields goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says seven times 13. Yeah, no, seven times 13 is 27. And so the way he does that is he'll write 13, seven times down. So then he goes three, six, nine, and then he counts one, <laughs> and it adds up to 27. Then he divides it and everything. And then Mr. Field, <laughs> he gives Mr. Field the $27, which is supposed to be 13 weeks rent. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. That's hilarious, man. And you, you, I'm serious, Joe. Look at the show. Watch all the episodes. You're really going to enjoy it because that's some of the funniest out in Costello's. And one thing I was going to say about the episodes are that Mr. Fields kind of reminds me of me, like, uh, reminds me a little bit of Groucho Marx because Groucho Marx will always had that snappy way of talking, right. coming back at you with those uh, puns and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Mr. Field is, is phenomenal. Like there's a part there that uh, Costello's having a party. So Abbott tells him, are you going to buy Mr. Fields to the party? And then he goes to Mr. Fields, hey, Mr. Fields, you want? And he said, wait a minute. 
You're inviting me to the party. Why? Because you were not going to invite me to the party? <laughs> How many people? And then Castello goes, no, no, I want you to come to the party. What are you going to feed me? Well, you can say, oh, so you're going to feed me something. And then I forget what he says. And he says, my sister. What is wrong with my sister? You don't like the way my sister looks? Uh, and you know that stuff. And then there's a part he says about the wife. And then he goes back to Costello. You mean to say my wife of 13 years, you're going to, you know, and then Costello goes, no, no, you can't just, and then you want me to stay with that woman for more? How, <laughs> no matter what Costello said, he came back at him. But it's hilarious, man. It's oh. fun. Go ahead. I tell you what, there was a, a few years ago, and I know they don't. Um, well, at Monster Bash, there used to be these two guys that used to do Abbott and Costello impersonations. Um, so it was Bill Riley used to do Bud Abbott, Joe Ziegler as Lou Costello, and then Jason Crutchley was Scoop Fields. And I tell you what, their performance was it, it used to be the highlight of Monster Bash, and, and sadly, uh. Joe Ziegler passed away a few years ago, so they had that you know they couldn't do it anymore, obviously. But they would tour around the country and do their Abbott and Costello routine. And man, I tell you what, if you you start watching it and it is like you're you're back watching the real Abbott and Costello, yeah. they were that good. Wow. I mean, their their timing and everything was just spot on. And you could still find some of their routines online. Uh they're the ultimate Abbott and Costello tribute and they're just, they were fantastic. I mean, they were the highlight of mine. I used to catch them. They used to do, I think two shows every weekend mm. and it was usually different every year. They would still always throw in the, um, you know, of course the who's on first, mm -hmm. but man, they were just, their timing was impeccable and wow. just, just fantastic. And like they, I said, you know, Mr. Ziegler, he passed away and so they had to stop doing it, but, Absolutely, they look. I mean, they all look like the characters too. They, oh, that, they yeah, were that the was characters. yeah, that was the question I was had next. Uh, did they also look like, uh, uh, you know, Bud Abbott, Lucas Stella? Did they resemble? Them oh, actors? Chuck, they Chuck, they were spot on. I mean, you you would watch them, and it was like you were actually watching Abbott and Costello. Isn't that something? Wow, just, just fantastic! I'll try to find the video and and send it to you guys. Yeah, but they I'd like were, they were amazing, man. I, I I loved watching them. They were the highlight of of Monster Bash. You know for me when I was there. I, I would catch him every time. But. I have a feeling that I saw them many, many years ago. You know that? You know they uh, did they did chiller and all that too. So you Oh you they did no wonder. Yeah. Yeah, because they were all over actually I think one of them was from New Jersey and the other one was from western um or I'm sorry, eastern Pennsylvania. They were kind of like in that area. And um one of them he was like a professor. I, I think it was Joe Ziegler. He was a professor at a college and all that, and you know he he taught kind of like the uh, the improv and everything, mm -hmm. and the other one I believe was a a radio uh, DJ, but man, I, I, they they were like spot on. They were they were fantastic. Yeah, you know what? You're exactly right about timing. When you do comedy, timing is one of the most important things. Throughout the years, I've worked with a lot of a lot of different comedians, and I've worked with some bad ones, man. Woo. You know, like if like if you don't have the proper timing and the proper uh, delivery. And I've also worked with a couple of comedians that it was weird. I mean, they should have had enough sense. Like this one group that I worked for, there was like elderly people in the audience. There was like three priests, you know, like clergy. And this guy, he was on before me when I'm setting my show up. He's cussing. I mean, he's saying the F word, the F bomb. I mean, you would think you'd have enough sense in your head if you're performing for an elderly group with clergy in the audience 
to drop, you know, stop the F-bomb just at one time. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would uh, think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, you know what, I was embarrassed for him. You know what I mean? It was just disgusting. And the, the audience did not like it, you know, and everything. And then, you know, and my show is clean. You know what, I've never, you know, did anything off color, even for adults. You know what, and I couldn't tell you, you know, there was quite a few people that came up to me and said, oh, that was a nice show you had. But that other guy was vulgar. Yeah, they, they were complaining, you know, and uh yeah, that was that was one of the more shocking times that I worked with a comedian where they didn't have enough sense to, you know, cut out the cussing just for you know one time. You know, what if you scan the audience and you see clergy in the audience and uh, you know elderly people, why on earth would you drop the f bomb all the time? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you might you might think you might want to clean it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I, I mean, I was stunned. I mean, really, I was like, what? <laughs> But, I, I've seen those people like that. I mean, in fu it's funny because in the old days, you know, you had people like Abbott and Costello, you had people like uh, Jackie Gleason. Uh, they were her and right. they didn't curse. I no. think one of the first uh, persons that actually started that cursing was Richard Pryor. Yeah, right. But, you know, it, it goes to show, too. I mean, there's there was more, I think, in... in you know those those shows without the the cussing and all that, and where they kept it, you know, for all you know any any audience could could watch it, right, or, or listen to it. You know, there was that was a real craft. I think that was a real artistry, and there was there was some merit to what they were doing, and there was you know some meat and potatoes to it. Now it, it's kind of like when people do shows is that they have to add the vulgarity into it because you know it seems almost like they're lacking something. Where, oh, where these shows, they you know they were went a lot more off of like their, their routine and everything. Oh yeah. You know what? It's almost like they're relying on a shock value type of thing. Right. You know? And, uh, yeah, you know, and that's unfortunate, you know, uh, one of my things on YouTube, if you find it on there, I'm, I'm doing a little stand up comedy thing at a, like there's a buddy of mine. He's a very good friend of mine. I've, I, you know, I've actually known him since the second grade and it, it was his lifetime ambition to actually go up and do stand up comedy. So I told him, well, let's look around here in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm sure there's a couple open mic places. And so my wife checked around and sure as heck, we did find one. And so I told him about it and I told him what time and everything, what day. And he said, Oh, okay. That sounds cool. So you had a had like, so what you had to put together was a seven minute act. So I told him, well, listen, uh, if you do that, I'll put together a little stand up magic act, you know? And so, and so we'll get each other on film and stuff. And so he goes, Oh, okay, cool. So my wife told all her friends about it and everything. He calls me like about four days before. He goes, ah, I'm not going to do it. I said, you've got to be kidding me. This was your idea, you know, <laughs> and, and and so my wife told all her friends. So I told my wife, I said, well, maybe your friends forgot about it, you know, because that's not my lifelong ambition. You know what? I do magic shows almost every day, you know, and, uh, you know, about two days before her friends were calling, well, when are they going to be there? What day is that? So, yeah, so they so they they still came. I said, all right, I'll do it. And you know what? I'm actually on YouTube. If you search Comedy Club uh, Magician Chuck Caputo, I'm doing a seven-minute stand-up thing. And I tell you what, it's, you know what? I didn't do anything, of course, anything off color. It wasn't vulgar. And I was really older than most people there. I was, well, that was about three years ago. I'll be 58 now. So I was about 54, 55. And the average age of the comedians in there were about 20, 22, 24. And every other word was F. I mean, and they talked nothing but... Uh, it was all politics. I mean, I mean, that's a couple of things that you should avoid right away. You don't bring up politics, you know, and everything. That's exactly what they talked about. And they cussed all the time, you know, it was, and they didn't remember their lines. They had a cell phone with them. They scrolled down 
and they're always looking at their cell phone. I mean, wow, unbelievable. Yeah, there's, it, it seems like a lot of the craftsmanship has gone out of oh, stuff like that. And you even see it in music, too. They use that, you know, in music, everything's, you know, swear words. And in movies, you see swear words and nudity. And, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not a prude or anything, but, you know, I had an issue with, say, like, um, just for an example, like the Game of Thrones series. Right, right. You know, I, I thought it was a it's a good series that, you know, the books are obviously popular, you know, well-written. They could have been a great story. There was no need for all the, the gratuitous nudity and, and all that in there. And to me, when you have shows that do stuff like that, it, it's that they're trying to use that to, to lure people in and keep them in. And I, I'm always kind of like leery about that because shouldn't you be using like your story to do that? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. yeah, yeah. Stuff with, Stuff was plummeted, man. You know, the quality of uh, stuff in the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I, you know, but like I told my wife, I said, you're going to expect all kind of cussing at this place and everything. So don't be shocked. I told, you know, her and her friends, you know, just to just to get them prepared. And uh, man, was I right. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, you could you could grab a movie from the 40s or 50s. No cussing, no nudity, no special effects. And you're engaged the whole hour to two hours exactly just on the storyline and and the amazing job that the actors are doing even if you get a b movie that's right uh, like a b horror movie or something man you're you're engaged that whole time because it's just it's great you're right you're right you know there's a movie that i watched uh the end of today i i love this movie it's like in my top five movies shawshank redemption and uh that's oh i love that movie yeah that's just you know the ending always it's just so cool you know what when morgan freeman meets up with uh, tim robbins and and so he's explaining you know what that some birds were too pretty to be caged because their feathers were too bright and so forth and then he goes down to mexico and he meets up with them but the whole story behind it was really cool how you know how he escaped and and uh and the warden and nobody else noticed they uh they didn't notice his shoes you know he had his his shoes on and he and uh, it took him 20 years to uh to chip through the wall and he would drop pieces out in the uh out in the out in the lot when he walked outside and it was an amazing story that was just a cool cool story yeah absolutely definitely on my my top list as well of, of movies yeah but yeah I, I think yeah a lot of it has a lot a lot of movies you know even the last 20 years or, or more i think really kind of like in the the 70s it really started and it really really blew up in the 80s with just going you know the whole decade of decadence really stood its its name because of there was just so much you know nudity swearing violence and it just it just continued to get worse than that and you know there's movies that were good with good stories and i think a lot of them were ruined by stuff like that you know what? Both of my kids, well, my older son, Michael's 29. My other son, Nick, or, uh, the other boy is 26. And and back when they were in, you know, middle school or whatever, they gave us a they gave us a list of a few CDs to buy them for Christmas. So so we went up to the whatever and we bought them. And, you know, Christmas comes and they pop it in their player. And I'm hearing all this, this foul language. I said, what? You know what? <laughs> I, yeah, I just, you know what? I didn't know. You know, this is about 15 years ago. We took it back up there. And said, "Listen, I didn't know that this was on there." And he said, "The guy said, well, there's a there's a mature stamp here.' Didn't you see that?" I said, "No. Listen, you know what? I'm from the '70s, man. They didn't, you know, the worst 
word once in a while was hell worth damn you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you know what uh so the guy understood so he gave us a refund i said listen i'm sorry i'm not trying to cause any trouble but this is ridiculous you know and uh, i mean it was just unreal that young kids are submitted to that kind of crap and it's allowed to go on man it's just desensitizing kids you know what i mean like you said i don't want to sound like a prude or something but man it's it's just out of control you know and, and i think it is too is that they're they're subjugated to it at an early age early and it kind of ruins their creativity as they're growing and absolutely you see it as as adults like and you see it going on generation after generation like there's creativity is lacking anymore in our society i mean you look at yeah. the creativity of say of like the mail order stuff yeah right i mean who the heck comes up with that you know that that's just that's crazy in the yeah. gimmick and all that there's like nothing of that today. The creativity's gone out of these kids. You know, it, it's just whatever's on their phone or their computers, and yeah, you know, then they bad. turn to to video games or movies, and it's just vulgar language, nudity, violence, drug use. You know, recycle. There's yeah. there's no creative attributes to no. to any of this stuff. And no, if I you agree. ask them, oh yeah, it is creative, but when you look at it from the outside, it, it's, it, it's not creative. Like they don't understand what actual creativity is. No, that's been lost. No, I agree. I agree. 100%. You know, the, yeah, the video games, you know, all they do is shoot each other and act crazy. I mean, I just never seen anything like it. <laughs> it's unreal. You know, I mean, like I, I grew up playing uh, space invaders and Pac-Man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, you know, and I, I still like playing video games, you know, once in a while. It's not something that I'm, you know, addicted to or I have to do it. And I grew up, you know, in the late 80s and 90s, you know, playing video games. But it was always like something that, OK, hey, it's raining outside. There's, you know, I don't yeah. feel like watching TV. So, yeah, I'll play some video games. Yeah, that's right. You weren't obsessed with it where you played with it. Yeah. Hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Because these kids were even going into convulsions. I think I read a few years back they were staring at the at the graphics so long. I mean, it was actually making them convulse. It's just not healthy, you know. Oh, and I've seen I've seen kids too. You you know, their parents take away their game consoles or their phones, and they go like they go crazy. They go crazy, and yeah. it's like you know what what the heck? When I was young and got punished, if my parents you know took away something that I enjoyed, you know, which I didn't have a you know as a kid didn't have a TV or obviously cell phones run out or you know, if they took away the game console, it wasn't, it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm being punished. It wasn't, you know, yeah. that big of a deal, but these yeah. kids, like, it's like the end of the world for them. Like, a, I don't think they would react like that if a family member died. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Yeah. You know, it is, it is crazy, you know, and, uh, and it's weird cause you know, and they're not outside like we were, I mean, man, we were out, I think we talked about this in the previous podcast. We were out, you know, you know, like on weekends from early morning until dusk, we were catching football and riding bikes and stuff like that. And uh, I think a lot of kids just don't do that. And that's, you know, that's not healthy, man. You know, I mean, even at my age, I get out and, and walk about two miles a day and everything. I mean, you, oh, I, you know what? I, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was watching um, a show. It was the uh, the Bone Janglers Daytime Dungeon on the Monster Channel. And if anybody out there's never seen it, he does like an hour program. Oh, excuse me. Every once in a while. And he he got all these like different shorts on there and uh, commercials from, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s and all that. So he had a, uh, a commercial on there. I think it was from, gosh, it had to be either maybe late 50s or early 60s of this uh, Marks. And it was it was by Marks and it was of this belt fed machine gun 
that came with other like army equipment and kids running through the woods and yeah. playing army. And I was just watching and I'm, it, it kind of jogged some memories of when I was young, you know, cause that's a lot of what I did was go out and play army and absolutely. But, but then there was another commercial for, um, I think it was Mark's toys as well for Cowboys and Indians. And I said, man, I remember I, it really started jogging my memory. I said, man, I remember having this Indian set where it came with a bow and arrow and the oh, arrows. I remember, had like I remember that. I remember that. Yep. The yep. suction cups on it. And you had a yep. tomahawk, a yep. headband with a feather. I said, and then I had a cowboy one where you had like a sheriff's badge and then the, um, the cap gun, the cap gun. You had a whole I said, story. um, Man, I remember playing that all the time. You go out and play cowboys and Indians. You go out there, you know, build your forts and all that. Yeah, and man, it right. was a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Those days are gone, man. They'll, I don't know. They'll, they'll, you know, it, it'll. You'll be labeled as a, you know, as a as a school shooter or something. You can't be carrying kids. Can't be carrying around any. Uh, and it's a shame, which is true, because it's it became such a violent society. I guess I don't know. Things have changed. But you know what? I remember even being in in um when I was in middle school and I went to a Catholic middle school. So I, this was maybe around third or fourth grade in the mid eighties. And, you know, we would bring our cap guns to school mm-hmm. and, you know, we'd keep them in our, our, um, I, I can't remember what we had. It wasn't lockers or anything, but it was like kind your of like pockets, little, your pockets, Joe. No, <laughs> a little, we had like little baskets in the room mm-hmm. where uh, you would hold, put like your coat, hat and gloves. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. Would this be the one when the teacher called you one day say, "Hey Joe, I found this in your basket. This is a basket case." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they didn't, you know, they didn't care. You know, at, at come recess time, you would grab your cap guns and you would run around the the lot outside playing, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. Oh. You do that nowadays, you're getting expelled from school and probably oh yeah, you know, sent to jail. Oh. Oh, <laughs> they'll yeah, they'll you put can. your parents in jail. Yeah. You know, Guys, when I was little, I had you ever seen that flying saucer pistol that's usually from Star Trek? It has like a Star Trek. Uh, not the case. It's uh, it the card on it. You, um, sometimes they have them on eBay. And it's a pistol that shoots the little round. They're about the size of a dime. Little flying saucers. Do you guys know what you're talking about? I, I've seen I've seen guns like that. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but well, I've seen ones that shoot those. On eBay, I think they've had it for a couple of years. There's one, there's one guy actually uh, selling one. So if you look up for the, uh, I think they're called the Flying Saucer, and it's kind of like, I guess, yellowish and brown. The funny thing about that is that I had one when I was a kid. And when I came out of school, I'm playing with it. And this girl out of nowhere from the public school across the street from where I lived, <laughs> she took the thing, banged me over the head with it, and, and took off with my pistol, man. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, flying saucer gun. Yeah, yeah little uh, yellow discs. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I had them, man, and they whacked me over the head, bro, and I never saw it again. I think it went into the uh, orbit, probably. <laughs> He's probably listening to the podcast now, holding that gun, just laughing. <laughs> I still got it. Like, Ooh, that's a stupid little kid. I took it from. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, it was it was nothing at that time to have, you know, your your cap gun at school or anything like that or even you know running through your neighbor's yards you know playing now you you step in your neighbor's yard and it's the biggest thing on the block you know they're hating you and your family and calling the police and i don't know what happens i don't know it's crazy 
What the heck happened, Eddie? What happened? Eddie? No, you, your you full know, wisdom. Tell us. No, I was gonna say when I was little, I remember. I, I guess I was around eight or nine, and my friend sent away, and then he gave it to me too. He sent away for a dart pistol. I think it came from. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't remember if it was uh, what magazine it was. It might have been Soldier of Fortune because he had a copy when we were like eight or nine years old, and. Um, he ordered this cap gun. It was like, I think it was like four bucks. And it was kind of funny because it was spring loaded. But the way it worked, it was the heavy duty plastic black pistol. Uh, and then you pushed up on the floor. You pushed in the the um, the front of it. Like the whole barrel will be pushed in. And then in the back, it had like a little screw. Yeah, you unscrew and stuck in either a BB. Not a BB, I'm sorry. A pellet or a dart. And then when you pull the trigger, the thing will go poop and the whole barrel will come flying out. The funny thing about that is that if you put that accidentally towards your face and that thing comes out, you would have grown up with at least two less teeth. Wow. Because it was so powerful, that little thing. Yeah. Oh, there's so many toys that we had younger that... Oh, dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, that there's no way that they would be on the market now. And if you tell kids about them, they're like... There's no way that existed. I mean, I remember we had the original lawn darts, and we would be in the backyard oh, playing yeah. lawn darts. Or, you know, relatives and parents would be drunk throwing lawn darts oh, yeah, <laughs> during yeah. parties. You know, it was it was. You know, oh, who yeah. cares? <laughs> you didn't know you you didn't know you were two seconds away from getting your eyes knocked out. You know, it's yeah. They you know, and you know what's funny now, and I see too nowadays is you see kids out riding bicycles, and they look like they just got done playing you know, goalie for an NHL team. They got the, the helmet on. They've got shoulder pads on, yeah. knee and elbow pads, gloves, yeah, all this stuff. And I'm saying, man, we used to build our own little ramps in the front yards, jump those and wreck with oh, no yeah. kind of equipment on, you know. Oh, with, right. a, with a banana seat bicycle, remember? With a banana seat <laughs> with, with my banana seat bike. You know how many times I've wrecked that thing, man, into parked cars, poles, Oh yeah. You name it, man. And you you get scraped up, you throw some peroxide or iodine on it, a, a yeah. band-aid, and you're good to go. Oh yeah. I remember coming yeah. down a hill one time. I lost the brakes in one of my bicycles and I slammed into a foam pole. Oh man, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and it was a big pile of dog crap. It was everywhere. It was... <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't yours? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, the... yeah. It was disgusting. And I, I was all fed up. I said, you know, I'm not riding this bike anymore. You know, I had to change the brakes and everything. And I never trusted those handbrakes. Those handbrakes were something. Well, yeah, the, those, those, those went out a lot. I always liked the ones where you would press the backwards. Yeah, that, that's were, what the banana hard. seats had. Yeah, the banana seats had the pedal, you know, on the back tire. Yeah, they were much. Oh, yeah. They were much better. They were much. Those hand ones always went on me, man. I was and if you were them. going, and if you were going too fast and accidentally hit the front brake, you'd flip over the handlebars. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like I, said, I had that happen. I know what Joe is talking about. I whoop out, and I flipped right over, man. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've done that several times on those when I was young, and even like with skateboards too, and and um roller skates we never had any pads you know if if you you got into a wreck or something you you just learned not to do that again <laughs> you know yeah, that's yeah. all that's all you know and then when kids would get into a fight it was over there was no there was no kind of an animosity or gangs and you know forming gangs and 
after school stuff. I mean, it was over with and it was done, you know. Yeah, and, and was, usually you were friends by the end of it too. Yeah, you know, now now these schools, oh, it's ridiculous. They got metal detectors, you know, you know, prior to COVID, I I was doing a lot of school shows and you'd have to actually bring your driver's license in and it scan it to check it to I guess to see if you have any any criminal history and then they'd give you a printout like a sticker you'd put on your on your uh, jacket or whatever i mean it's it's just a whole different ball game oh yeah i mean it's it's crazy man that you i look back and, and i'm sure you guys too at how school was and you know none of the doors were locked they were open you know all yeah. day anybody could come in and but there was right. never any problems you know no. it was and if there was a fight the, the next day you were friends with the the person yeah. you yeah. know it, there was no school shootings and stuff like that. Nah, it's ridiculous. It really is. It's 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 you know what? It, it's a sad state of affairs. It Kids really need is. to start buying more mail order stuff from House of the Unusual and Magic That's Trick. Correct. That's right. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny when we were talking about guns in the mail. I mean, that I mentioned before, when Honor House was going out of business in the eighties, uh, stayed under the name Guaranteed Distributors, and they. They used, I guess, the fame of wrestling and stuff. In every wrestling magazine you would get in the 80s, you would get this pellet firing pistols for like $4.95. And let me tell you, too, those pistols were advertised in popular science, in popular mechanics, all the wrestling magazines. And the best one is that they were advertised in Guns and Ammo and Guns magazine. Which was funny, Guns is, you know, the, the actual magazine named Guns. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal because anybody who saw them, I'm sure they sold thousands. I wonder how many wanted their money back when they got a plastic gun that looked and felt like a real gun, but it was plastic, of course. And the pellets were little yellow plastic bullets that you could shoot it into the palm of your hand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they were phenomenal, man. Yeah, and that's actually. I think they sold. I mean, let's see. Honor House went out of business in 1984, and up to like 1997, I think, if I'm correct, um, Guaranteed Distributor was still selling those pistols. Wow. And it, and you know, the best part is if you go on eBay right now, I don't know if the guy sold it or not. There's one that was sold by a company called Lakeside Products. And, and there was also Brad's Fun Shop, which those were mail order companies from the 80s that appeared in wrestling magazines. And Lakeside Products sold a duplicate of the, I would say, Clean Eastwood uh, 44 Auto Mag from the movie Sudden Impact, where he had the Auto Mag. Uh, one day I went to a flea market and I bought like six of them, all plastic, but a really nice looking toy. And it shot plastic BBs. But I'm talking about the BBs that shot that BB saw pellets. They were shaped like a real pellet, but they were plastic. And um, some guy is selling one on eBay right now for like, I, I think, 100 or 279 bucks. And I'm like, is this guy crazy? I mean, I bought the thing for like $4.95 and I bought yeah. like seven of them. But uh, you could see the type of quality that was put into these things. And they were very well made. It actually, it you look at it and it looks like a real thing, you know, um, yeah. and and that's what you know. I just meant to bring up the the subject that Honor House actually <clears throat> survived selling those for many many years after. Wow, cool. Yeah, it was cool. All right, Joe, did you want yours and you didn't get it when you were a kid? I what? never got nothing. 
I never got nothing. <laughs> now we, I tell you what was cool though is we always got because I lived uh, pretty close to uh, two little convenience stores that always had rack toys. So I always that's where I bought a lot of you know my stuff there. And you know you had a lot of those cool rack toys at the time. You know that were cap guns or or knives or you know different uh, different stuff to play with outdoors, and it was fairly cheap. So that was oh, my. Man. Did, did you guys ever buy the one dollar uh, cork gun? It was like a little rifle. Oh, those like are neat. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was like a dollar. You clip with the little string attached to the back. Those, those were cool. I like those a yeah. lot. Yeah. You know, when I was in Cuba, my grandfather used to make me one particular gun out of um, bamboo, and it was phenomenal. He would get one of the really thick bamboos, the one like uh, two or three inches across. Yeah, and he would, you know, with a with a rod or something, break all the knots because you know how bamboo have different hole, you know, knots. He yeah. break it and he make it hollow, and then what he would do is he cut in the bottom, kind of like a, a an area where you could stick a match in. And what he did was he would put, I think if I'm correct, I think he would put um, because uh, he did this in Cuba for me a couple of times. He put like a piece of paper or something, but he would get those rocks that you beat together and they ignite. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Phosphorus, I think they're called like phosphorus rocks, whatever it yep. was. And when you drop it down the barrel and you took a, a match and you lit the, the bottom, it was like a cannon. The thing would go like, pow, huge explosion. And that thing would fly up who knows how far. And and that was done with a bamboo stick, you know. <laughs> That's pretty. Hey cool. guys, we got we got about three minutes left here, so let's get in some some final last words here for the week. And uh, Chuck, we'll start it off with you. All right. Hey, it was great conversation tonight. It's always a pleasure coming back. I wish everybody a continued uh, happy January, and God willing, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And Try to have your wife on next week. We got to get her back on. She was, she was fun to, to talk with. Yeah, she is. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, or she's retired now. She has the <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What, one person that was good uh, was Todd Mitchin. Uh, he wanted, of course, a blab about his stuff. And he was going to be telling the world how he's doing all this and how excited. And due to the fact of the uh, <clears throat> disappearing car trick, <laughs> um, and that car trick, I wound up not being able to contact him, and I think he fell asleep. You know, he goes to sleep very early, um, and he gets tucked into bed at a certain time by the steamer. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to bother. Well, him. Hopefully, I, hopefully next week we can yeah, get we, him on. We can and have him see on. what's new with, with all his seed monkey because he got a lot of stuff going on, and they're putting out a lot of new products and. Um, I'm sure we haven't talked with him for a while on here, so it'd be nice to get caught up and, and see what's new. Yeah, we're going to have to punish him because he's designed a lot of stuff for them, and he's kind of fallen short in the house of the unusual there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, thank you for being on. Everybody out there in podcast land, uh, huge thank you for listening to us and uh, for continuing to listen to us babble on here every week about you know, whatever we pretty much feel like it. Hey, if you want to be a guest on here, you don't have to, you know, be a expert in anything. If you just want to talk about the stuff that we talk about, let us know, man. Go to houseoftheunusual.com and drop us a line and we'll get you on here to, to sit down and have a conversation with us. 
Uh, otherwise, check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to our channel. Give us a, a good review if you so choose to. And catch us every week because we're doing this every week. And don't forget about YouTube. Tons of great videos on there. So if you like our podcast or don't like our podcast, still check out YouTube because you'll absolutely love it. So thanks again for joining us, Chuck, Eddie. Thanks for being on. Great conversation. And we will see you guys next week. Good night. God bless. And very important too, guys. We're also on a new platform called Reason Podcast. Reason, like the word reason, you know. And uh, they just sent me a letter. We're on that as well. So, all right, everybody. God bless. Goodbye. All right. right. Sounds good. Good night. Bye-bye. Night.